Hey, thank you for listening to the Real Perspectives podcast. If you like this episode, please follow us and tell one of your colleagues about the interview you're about to hear or have heard in the past. We hope you enjoy our conversations and that you'll listen to others in our library. If you have any thoughts, ideas, or suggestions, please reach out. We'll do our best to incorporate them. Thanks again. There are a few people in California that understand affordable housing more intimately than our next guest. Noni Ramos is the Chief Executive Officer of Housing Trust Silicon Valley, a CDFI or Community Development Financial Institution, which helps fund affordable housing development across the greater Bay Area. Her organization has invested over half a billion dollars in affordable housing since its founding, which helped create more than 25,000 homes and has helped over 45,000 people find a place to live. She's a product of affordable housing, and as such, she has an intimate relationship with the industry, and one that she tries to help shape every day. Welcome to the podcast, Noni. Noni, good afternoon. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much. I hope you're having a good afternoon. Yeah, thank you. I am. I am. Um, thanks for joining us. And uh, I really appreciate your you taking the time and us now learning a little bit more about you and your organization. Um, first of all, where do we find you? Where are you today? Sure. We are based in San Jose, California. So in uh, the San Francisco Bay Area. Okay, excellent. And um, just as sort of a way of introduction, do you uh, mind telling us a little bit about you know you and sort of you know what what you do there and sort of how long you've uh, you know been there and also you know a little bit about your background and kind of how you got to where you are today. Of course, and thank you again for for having us. So I uh, have actually been in the affordable housing community development finance field for almost 30 years. I actually have been at Housing Trust in the role of CEO for just shy of two years. It'll be two years in January. And I am a Bay Area native um, and have actually grew up myself in affordable housing. So the work that I do and have done for the last 30 years is actually very personal to me because I've experienced firsthand how stabilizing of an impact affordable housing can have. Having access to safe, stable, affordable housing can make a tremendous amount of difference in the lives of individuals, of families, as my own family experienced. Wonderful. And um, so tell us a little bit about you know, the Housing Trust of Silicon Valley. Um, how long has your organization been around? You know, what is its sort of primary business objective, if you will, and sort of, you know, who are the constituents that you serve? Housing Trust is a nonprofit loan fund. Uh, we're also a community development financial institution, or, or CDFI is our acronym. We were founded about 22, 23 years ago, and we were really founded by local leaders in Santa Clara County, and our focus was to address the issue of housing affordability. Uh, initially, as I said, we started in Santa Clara County and then over the years expanded our work to uh, Silicon Valley, and now we actually work across the greater Bay Area. So we work in 14 counties across the greater Bay Area in the, in the system of affordable housing. 
For us, we really serve as an intermediary. So we serve as an intermediary between capital and communities. And we do that by raising capital from the private sector and providing an array of loans. So we provide financing to affordable housing developers, and that includes both nonprofit affordable housing developers as as well as what we call mission-aligned affordable housing developers. That means entities that may be formed as for-profits, but they focus in affordable housing development And we provide early stage financing all the way through permanent financing to create and preserve housing across our region. So over our 20 plus year history, Housing Trust is proud that we've been able to invest $500 million uh, via our programs and our financing. And that has translated into providing 25,000 affordable housing opportunities and helping nearly 47,000 neighbors. That work has impacted individuals that are moving from being unhoused to becoming um, individuals that get to live in housing, first-time homebuyers. We've also had the ability to leverage $7.4 billion um, from our partners. So it's it's critical work. It's work, again, that we don't do alone, but we're just so very proud of those results. Uh, and we're not done. We're not done. We continue the work every day. Uh, affordable housing is, um, you know, in some ways a product that, you know, exists, you know, across the country. Does that allow you to also work with, um, you know, projects up and down the state, uh, potentially even in other in other states as as well, or is your mandate to just kind of focus on you know Silicon Valley or or the, the, or the broader the Bay, Bay Area? Area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At the moment, our our focus is across the Greater Bay Area, and there's such a need. There are many other organizations that also work across the state and work nationally. Our focus having having um, really understanding the magnitude here in the Bay Area. There's so much work that needs to be done. And, you know, for us, we believe that the current housing system does not work for many, many households. It's it's probably as high as 30% of the U.S. population is being impacted in a negative way because of the the cost of housing. And the results that folks um, experience can range from paying disproportionate amounts of their income. Certainly here in the Bay Area, we we can see some households paying 60 to 70% of their household income just for housing. Just for housing. Yeah, Yeah. and so... um, uh, what is the state of affordable housing from from your perspective? We we've talked to some of the folks you probably deal with who are on the development side, but on the sort of financing side, kind of you know where where are things now? Especially as the interest rates have gone up, um, has that made things more difficult? Um, and what what does it mean for you know this next year coming up, and even in the near term? It definitely has. And and we've seen a number of things, as I'm sure some of your other guests have mentioned. We've seen that our development partners are experiencing a combination of challenges. I mean, affordable housing development and finance is challenging as it is, right? Just it's such a complex system. It requires so many sources of capital in order to bring a affordable housing project to fruition. And at the current time, what we're seeing is a combination of rising construction costs. Some of that uh, has been because of, of the pandemic. Some of it has been because of supply chain issues. We are also seeing rising interest rates. Obviously, the Fed is trying to address issues of inflation. Uh, and one of the tools that they're using is 
interest rates, but that does have an impact on the borrowing ability of our development partners. And so the combination of, of rising costs, of rising interest rates, that's creating gaps in development budgets. So our developers are finding that projects that they thought they had fully financed, where they had all of the sources of capital available, uh, that's not the case anymore because they're, they're having to deal with these issues of rising costs and rising interest rates. And it creates a need for additional sources of capital, specifically public sector subsidies, because affordable housing can only be built if we have local and state and federal sources of, of subsidies. And so our development partners are working and spending time trying to find a way to address those gaps. Um, the state of California has been uh, very supportive of that. And the We've been able to find some new sources, but it, it's still the magnitude of the issue is one that can't be solved by just any one solution. Yeah. Are you finding that because of those conditions, um, some of the projects are not being able to pencil out? Yes, absolutely. We're seeing developers come to us. We were just having a conversation last week about a developer that, you know, now recently they're they're ready to close on their construction financing, right? So they they thought they had all the sources and because of one or another dynamic, they now have a, a gap that's come up. And so they've asked us, could we come in and potentially provide some funds for that gap? And it might be something that we can do, right? I mean, as a as a CDFI, as a community lender, uh, our focus is to try to find solutions where there aren't any. Uh, but we are seeing that. We're also seeing our development partners so focused on their existing pipelines and trying to address those issues that they have slowed or they're taking some pause on new on new acquisitions and on new projects, which is unfortunate because that means that it will take longer for us to bring on new units of affordable housing across the region. Has the lending environment um, then also improved, perhaps, for uh, you know the lenders who are you know working with you to you know provide money, uh, presumably because interest rates are are higher, they're able to you know get more funds back in return for their investment, um, it, or, or is that sort of wash itself out because of some of the other challenges that are part of the industry today? So the the folks that invest in our organization, so the folks that lend money to housing trust, and back in 2017, we created the Tech Fund, which was a local fund of about $118 million. And we went out to the community, we went out to our corporate entities, went out to our philanthropic entities. And uh, we raised that capital in anticipation of the fact that there was going to be an influx of public sector sources, at least in Santa Clara County, through Measure A, which was a bond that was passed by voters in 2016 that was going to bring $950 million of public sector subsidy into affordable housing across Santa Clara County. So the investors that invest in, in our fund, the tech fund, as well as some of the other capital relationships we have, really are motivated by a couple of different factors. Uh, while they do want return of their capital, meaning they do expect to be repaid the capital that they lend us, they also focus so much on the social return of their capital, meaning they're looking at the impact, right? They're looking at how many new units are being introduced into the ecosystem. What affordability, what I mean by that is, are those units that are serving uh, households at 30 and 50 and 60% of the area median income, the area median income being kind of the standard across the region. And then from there, you look at 
families that are making less than that, right? Which so many of our, our working families are. Sure. And so our investors are more focused on the social return and on the return of their capital. They are they have not been as rate sensitive. And the way that we borrow, we actually typically borrow at fixed rates, which is very beneficial for our development partners because then they know that they can count on what the interest rates are going to be. Um, and that's very helpful given that often when they're when they are borrowing for construction financing or permanent financing, those those sources are typically tied to indexes that do have more variability or that are more tied to what we're seeing the Fed take action on. Yeah. Um, just as a little bit of a kind of a, you know, plug for your organization, uh, uh, are there any, um, you know, projects that you guys have worked on that you are particularly proud of or would like to highlight? Absolutely. Uh, one that I wanted to mention today is a project out in Pittsburgh, California. It's called Veterans Square, and it's a it's a 30-home affordable housing project in Old Town neighborhood in, in Pittsburgh. And Housing Trust was able to provide a construction to permanent financing loan for that project through our Apple Affordable Housing Fund. Uh, we were able to provide these homes uh, with gap financing. So we were the last piece of that capital stack. As I noted earlier, affordable housing, unfortunately, is very complex. It, it has many different sources of capital that are required in order to, to build it and to have the sources that you need to complete the project. And so the loan from Housing Trust through that fund allowed that project to move forward and actually get to construction closing. Um, that project moved very quickly. I was really proud earlier this year to go to the grand opening of that project out in Pittsburgh and meet some of the residents that um, some who are veterans, right, and some who've had housing instability for some period of time. Uh, I got to visit with one of the residents and he he was so proud to show us his home and to show us just the fact that he had a place to call home and a yeah. place from where he could, um, you know, continue to live his life and thrive. You mentioned earlier that you know you're you're a product of um, of this you know um, you know ho housing as well, right? Um, having sort of lived through it yourself and now w worked through it too, right? Um, is it is it harder to get into you know one of these units? Is it is it is it become uh, you know easier? Uh, what, what's your assessment of um, uh, you know how much we've improved over the last few decades? Sure. I, I think definitely harder. When I think back as a child, my mom who recently divorced three young daughters and she, she tried to find housing, right? She tried to find housing that she could afford on a, on a single salary. And she was turned away from so many places because uh, she either had children or because we were going to be trying to use uh, a voucher, Section 8 voucher, which is one way that uh, individuals can purchase affordable housing. And fortunately, we, we finally found an apartment that was subsidized. And so we were able to stabilize uh, and live in that unit and, and thrive from there. In terms of how tough is it, it is so much more challenging today, even than, you know, back then when I was a child, when we see our affordable housing developers, uh, go out to the market to, to look for folks to live in their units, they get, you know, multiples, multiples of applicants for each unit. So there, there is so much more demand for this affordable housing than there are units. We cannot build the housing fast enough. And unfortunately, it does take us too long. It takes us too long to yeah. build the housing because it's so complex. There's so many different hurdles that developers must go through, whether it's putting together the financing, whether it's getting the entitlements uh, and all of the approvals that are required in order to actually complete uh, a unit of housing. 
if there were uh, a few things that you could, you know, eliminate with a magic wand, <laughs> Noni, what, what would those be to make that process easier? Well, for sure, if there was a way to streamline and simplify the way that we finance affordable housing, right? If we didn't have to have as many layers or if there was a way for developers to apply for multiple sources of, for example, public sector sources in one application. Um, and there is work that's being done there, right? We, um, our housing and community development department at the state level is, is done a ton of work in trying to create a more streamlined and, and seamless process. I think we all, always, all of us have room for improvement. So I think that's definitely one of the items that we could improve upon. And then, you know, a big, a big issue for, I think, across our entire state, not just the Bay Area, is that we need to be able to educate folks more about what 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 it's a ho- what's affordable housing? What does that mean, right? I think a lot of folks have an image and a perception that isn't very positive, right? And one of the goals that we have, and one of the goals that our partners have, is like, how do we humanize it, right? We're 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 talking about people, right? We're talking about individuals that need a home, whether that is an individual who lives in a works in a community but can't live there because they can't afford the housing and have to commute multiple hours each day which decreases the quality of their life and I would also argue weakens that community right because we want to have folks being able to live and work in the communities um, where they are and so if we could educate and really inform folks and change the perceptions that affordable housing doesn't mean we're, we're bringing in people that, you know, shouldn't be housed somewhere. Every person, and this is my personal belief, has a right to housing. Yeah. Um, I think it's something that we as a society really need to take stock for ourselves. But I would say if we could create environments that make it more amenable to build housing, that that would go a long way. Um, across the West Coast, and I think especially in the Bay Area, there have been, you know, some announcements, you know, in the last few years uh, with sort of big, you know, corporations kind of trying to partner with, you know, f- you know whether partner with affordable housing developers or provide funding. Um, I believe Amazon has been active in doing something in, you know, Seattle. Um, you know, Apple and Google have announced both uh, some 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 stuff, and also Facebook and you know Silicon Valley. You have a partnership with Google, if that's um, if that's correct. Tell us a little bit about sort of how you see, you know, that evolving, and do you think um, you know that's a that's a positive thing, and what does it mean kind of for you know future development and future funding of these projects? Thank you for that question. We are very proud of the work that we've done with both corporate and philanthropic uh, entities, as well as our public sector partners across our region. Uh, the the tech entities in particular, as you mentioned, um, there are a number of them that have really you know, looked at the issue of housing and, and decided that that is something they want to focus on. Um, we do work with Google a- across a couple of different ways. One is the tech fund that I mentioned earlier. They are an investor, uh, so they lend funds, as do our other investors, to Housing Trust, and then we're able to translate those funds uh, and deploy those funds to our affordable housing developers, right, to provide that very necessarily necessary, excuse me, financing um, that they need. And then we also work with Google on a couple of other different uh, initiatives. And they are a, a, a tremendous partner for us. They are extremely committed and really understand that um, that corporate responsibility. 
And so we do hope that we see more, and we have in the last couple of years seen more entities come into not only affordable housing, but more broadly, you know, community development and working with entities like ourselves, other community development uh, financial institutions across the country. When you and I had our first call a few weeks ago, uh, one of the things you said to me that really stood out is that, you know, we, we live in, you know, you know, one of the wealthiest parts of the world, yet this wealth does not flow equally, Right. And um, certainly housing is, you know, one of those, um, you know, elements that, that we can point to, um, you know, in, in terms of some of the you know, bigger challenges, you know, do you, do you feel that, uh, you know, municipalities can do a better job? Do you feel that, you know, there could be some, uh, you know, allowance for, you know, land development that, that could sort of make things, you know, easier? Um, what are some other ways that, you know, things, things, things could make this, you know, world, world better in that way? There are a number of new opportunities that give me hope. Uh, for example, I think we're seeing entities that own land, whether that's private entities such as congregations, right? We have a lot of congregations across the state that own land and looking at, can they be part of the solution, right? Can they partner with developers and build affordable housing uh, in land that otherwise maybe is being underutilized? I think we're also seeing that with other public sector entities, whether that's cities, whether that's school districts, um, even, you know, potentially water districts. It's just owning land and being able to find sites that can be co-developed as affordable housing, I think, is one one option that we could do so much more with uh, as a as um, a community. And then we also want to see more openness from cities, from public sector partners in terms of uh, welcoming affordable housing, supporting affordable housing development. Again, the state of California has taken some action recently around really trying to incentivize uh, cities. We have all of our cities and our counties going through their housing elements at the moment. Then that is basically the plan that each municipality needs to create um, to adhere to the state's requirements uh, related to how much housing needs to be built in these different municipalities, right? So everybody gets assigned a figure of how many new housing units need to be created and how many of those units need to be affordable. And so being able to count on community members to hold their public officials uh, to to be able to meet those needs, right? And the state working with the, those municipalities. So that gives me some hope. I do think that, you know, there are, like with anything, there are challenges there. It won't be easy, but I do think it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. Uh, what are some, you know, trends across the, you know, uh, across the affordable housing industry that, that you can identify, you know, things that you think will shape the market over the next, you know, five years or so? Well, I think one of the trends we've definitely seen is um, trying to find new, experimenting with new building types, right? I think we hear a lot about the cost of housing. Um, I think we hear a lot about the cost of affordable housing. And so there are, there are ways potentially to address that. Building types may be one, streamlining, streamlining the process of, again, how projects receive entitlement, um, how much time it takes, time cost developers money, 
right? The longer it takes for a project to get through the entitlement process, the longer that developer has to have to pay carrying costs, right? Whether it's interest on an acquisition loan, whether it's other costs that are related to the development. So the more that we can work to, sh- to shorten or, or to speed up that development process, I think is also one of the opportunities that we have. I, I was actually just reading this morning about, you know, the YIMBY movement. So the, the opposite of not in my backyard, yes. but <laughs> right. uh, yes, yes, in my backyard. And the fact that I think there's a greater recognition um, of of some of our society members understanding that we, you know, one thing is to not go out and be against affordable housing or more housing development across the entire income spectrum. Another thing is to actually go out and be be in support of it, right? Those are two different things. I think we, we are seeing movement there, too, that there are folks that understand that. Uh, again, I think our elected officials, particularly at the state level, we have some role leaders in trying to I- identify opportunities on how can we convert certain types of property and real estate into housing, whether that's, you know, commercial properties that aren't being used anymore, can that be um, repurposed? We we only have a finite amount of land, right, in California, but if there's a way to repurpose or to use land that's maybe, as I noted earlier, underutilized, that again could be another trend for us in terms of being able to do this faster and hopefully in a way that um, is more, um, you know, cost efficient. Yeah, yeah. Um, what's on deck for you guys uh, over the next couple of years? Well, we um, we have a lot to do. We are in the, the middle of a strategic planning process. We continue to uh, be uh, a resource for our development partners. And we really think about, you know, our role in many different ways. I mean, we are a capital provider. We are a lender. And, and that's part of uh, the stakeholders that we work with are, are the folks that borrow money, the folks that lend us money. We also work on the policy side, right? We also work to advocate for policies that are supportive of development, that are supportive, as I said, of streamlining the process. Um, we want to be innovative and creative with our capital partners in finding new ways to deliver capital, maybe ways that either are not as um, reliant on public sector subsidies, because again, that's a finite number two, right? We don't have an infinite amount of subsidies, uh, whether it's at the local or the state level. So are there ways for us to find creative approaches to stretching each dollar or to using each dollar a little bit differently? What what will remain for us is that we are, we are steadfast in our commitment to housing affordability across our region, and we are steadfast in working with all of the stakeholders um, because we know, again, it, it no one does this alone, right? We need all right. of the stakeholders to come together. Yeah, Noni, on a personal level, um, you know, since you've 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 come from this uh, as as your background, do you sometimes work with you know people that you know or or their you know kids or you know folks like 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 that that might be interested in sort of you know helping out and kind of in, you know engaging in this in, in industry? Is is there a way that you know um, they can do that? Sure. I mean, we, I I would love more than to bring more folks into our, into our work. One of the things that I've always prided myself on is um, being someone who's available to speak to folks that are interested in this work, that want to make connections in this work. We need more folks in our field. Um, We need more folks, you know, I'm, I'm on the, I'm on the other side of this, having been doing this for 30 years. And I get really excited when I speak to folks that either are new to the field um, or maybe have worked in real estate, but, 
but now want to look at affordable housing and and or folks that are coming right out of school, right? We we need every single one of those folks uh, to learn about what we're doing and join us because the more of us that are doing this, I think the the better and faster we can do it. Yeah. And if I can ask sort of one last question, um, and it's again a personal one, but um, I am I am curious, sort of, um, you know, having gone through you know your your life experience and kind of you know everything that that you you've accomplished, um, you know, some advice to your younger self or you know somebody coming through through this in the industry that uh, you would you you would give. I would say be open. Right. Don't be afraid of the unknown. Uh, be willing to stretch yourself beyond your comfort zone. And that, you know, that might mean that sometimes you fail. Right. But but it's OK, because I think from there is where we really learn. And finally, I would say focusing on gratitude and joy. Uh, the work is hard. There's no question. There are days where uh, you don't have a lot of uh, wins, if you will, right? You may have setbacks, but reminding ourselves that, again, approaching this with joy, with gratitude, and at the end of the day, this is about people, and that's why I got into this work. I got into, I think, often about, like, the little girl that I was, right, who had a lifetime ahead of me, and the fact that affordable housing really allowed me um, to thrive in school, to excel, to go on, to be the first person in my family to graduate from college. Uh, and that not only changed my life and the trajectory of my life, but it, it changed the trajectory of the life of my children and generations to come. And I, I want to be able to, in my small way, contribute to that for other folks. Nani, this has been amazing. Uh, thank you so much for taking the time to speak with us. I really appreciate it. And, you know, best of luck in, in the new year. Thank you so much. And we're just uh, so pleased to be able to, to speak about our work. That was another episode of the Real Perspectives podcast. And we thank you for taking the time to listen to it. Conversations like these help us comprehend our evolving industry better and hopefully provide a perspective that helps you understand the dynamics of commercial real estate. If you like this episode, please subscribe to our show and tell your colleagues about it. That is the best way to spread the news and help us remain relevant across the industry. Cheers. Cheers.